Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. All of us have basic needs like food and clothing. If you're going to go into business or choosing a career, food or clothing would seem like pretty safe and stable choices. Of course, like anything, even something as simply obvious as food and clothing doesn't turn out to be so simple or obvious once you're actually in the food or clothing business. My lunch companions today can attest to that. Simone Reggie is in the food business. In the past, Simone has worked in marketing for Chef John Besch. She was instrumental in starting up the short-lived but very popular online food market, Good Eggs, and was a co-founder of the local butcher shop, Cleaver & Company. Simone's latest foray into food is a combination of all these past experiences. Simone is the owner of Simone's Market, a grocery and deli on Oak Street in uptown New Orleans. Simone, welcome out to lunch. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Allison Parker has spent most of her adult life in a specialized sector of the clothing business. Allison is a professional costumer. She dresses actors for theater, film, and television. Allison has costumed actors on stages in London, New York, and St. Petersburg, in the air, underwater, for Cirque du Soleil, and you've almost certainly seen Allison's work on TV and in the movies. She's worked with directors John Waters, Tim Burton, and Steven Soderbergh, and many more. Allison, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Simone, it might be a little presumptuous of me, but I would imagine that for a great deal of your life, you were no different from the rest of us. Uh, you, you walked into a supermarket, you expected to see every shelf filled with everything you wanted, you bought groceries and you walked out. And that was the last time you thought about groceries or supermarkets for a few days or a week. Somewhere along the line, that must have changed. When did you start walking into supermarkets and thinking, I could do this and I could do it better? Where did the seed of the idea of starting up your own food store come from? Well, I actually never really liked going to the grocery store because (laughs) I found it overwhelming. Like you walk into the grocery store and you need to pick up olive oil and there are like 30 options for olive oil and there's like 75 options for, for cereal, different things like that. So I never really was a huge fan, oddly enough, and I never really thought about it in that, in that realm until now. But, um, I guess I really got my attachment to food and like, and shopping for it and buying it and concentrating on purchasing locally was when I started working with John Besh. And so when I worked for Chef, we, I helped start the microloan program for the foundation. And in doing that, we worked with the Motes, which is a dairy farm up in North Louisiana. And, or actually Mississippi, like the Mississippi-Louisiana border. And in doing that, I realized that there weren't as many outlets for all of these small producers to sell their product. And so 
I started really like looking at what was on the grocery store shelves and then like looking at what they had and then it's like, oh, well, let me help all of these other small producers and all these people making really cool stuff be able to sell their product. And then selfishly, I was like, I can open a grocery store and then I can just have it all just sent to me. <laughs> and then I don't have to Why Oak Street? around. Oak it's Street a, it's is a booming street. It's really coming back. I mean, it was Main Street of Carrollton forever ago. And then I happened upon this the space on Oak Street and went and looked at it. And the second I walked in, like the open windows and yeah. open floor plan, I was like, oh, this is it. This is exactly where I want to be. Well, it was a 5 and 10 or something, right? It was a Super 10, and then, or it was a Woolworths before that, and then it was a Super 10, and then now it's the market. Now, Allison, you started out with a degree in costume design from the University of Florida. Being able to work for your whole life in a chosen field in the arts is a testament to your talent, but show business is tough. It takes more than just talent to survive. Circumstances beyond your control dictate how much work is available. The latest example of, of that, of course, is the change in the Louisiana film and uh, TV tax credits that destroyed practically overnight what had become a, a big business here. Uh, maybe you could start by giving us a quick catch-up on the current state of the film business for local people like you who work in it. Uh, how have the changes in the business affected you and your closest colleagues? Well, for those of us who had to sort of find something on the side to do or something that was related to our profession, um, we kind of took that, that journey down, down that path and focused more on like what our other hobbies might have been um, or other sort of secondary related Yeah, uh, yours is jobs. related. You've got that shop down at St. Rock. It is. So, yeah, so I started a nonprofit, Rick Rack, that teaches kids and adults how to sew. So well, Nobody knows how to sew anymore, right? They sure don't. No, wow. no, no. It's a, it's a shame that you can buy things off the shelf that are a lot cheaper than what it would take for somebody to make it, um, especially with a, a livable wage. Yeah, And definitely. did you move here for the... Uh, the film industry? I am a classic case of I came here uh, to work on a film and never left. <laughs> yeah. And you haven't left, even though the business has kind of shifted to, I guess, Georgia, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of people have left for Georgia. So those who sort of had other methods of income who could sustain a life without film have managed to, to make it through this little downturn that we had. You know, I think when the state made those decisions to cut back the, the tax credits, uh, you know, I don't think they were thinking about people like you. I mean, when they were taking in the economic impact, they weren't taking the ripple effect into, a, in, into account. Totally, totally. Uh, I mean, for me, I think of the vendors that we used, and for me, besides me personally taking the impact, it was also, you know, the dry cleaners and the people that, that we used for, for business, like, and the people that they employed. So, yeah, I mean, there's the people directly impacted, but those secondary people, like, really, really got hit really hard. And uh, what does your day look like? Are you... Um in that in that shop or are you on the phone trying to find uh gigs for yourself or no uh thankfully i'm finally at the stage in my career where i can wait for my phone to ring okay. so that took you know a good 10 to 15 years where i'm not hitting the pavement and emailing resumes and faxing and but you hey, did all that oh yeah, yeah yeah i'm a friend of a friend of a friend uh i heard you were in town and you're a friend of a friend and i know your director's assistant's friend um yeah i did that for a, a quite a, quite a bit of time so and do you have to be with the uh, enterprise or the film have to be here or could you work on projects that were somewhere else? Oh yeah, now I actually uh, work on location a lot more. Now Simone, you know, I, uh, it's funny, I used to see you on occasion at a, at a coffee shop there for months before you'd open the store. What were you doing? What, did, what kind of prep did you need 
uh, you weren't ordering eggs because they would not, they would be bad right. by now. Yes, they. Uh, what were you doing? We curated. So a lot of times you saw me with Ashley, who is our executive chef, and she and I were coming up with menu ideas, packaging, shelving, sourcing. So I've tasted, and and Ashley pretty much have tasted everything on the shelves. And so I would call these businesses and have them send samples. They would send samples. We would have, I'd call them tasting parties at my house. I would invite like <laughs> 10 to 15 people to my house. We'd taste everything and talk about what they liked about everything, what they didn't like about everything. And so that way, because I'm not, my palate is not the end-all be-all of what right. you don't have to like it for it to be a great item in the exactly. store. Right? I have to ask you what people say is the toughest thing, and that is um, finding the right employees. Because, you know, first of all, there's a lot of turnover oftentimes in, in, the, in the food business, but also, you know, they're really the face of the store. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, as much as you're out there, I mean, that's their ex a customer's experience. How did you, how do you sort through them? It was tough. I am also, actually, my store. Yeah, mm -hmm. same oh, thing. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really tough, but the team that we have in place right now are so good, and they really care. And actually, almost everybody has been there since day one. We've had a few people leave, um, but everybody who's there now, except for one new person who I worked with at Good Eggs, has been there from the very beginning. And you pick good po folks at that spot, too. Yeah, yeah I think a, so. Allison, what do, you, what do you do to make sure that you get the right folks? Well, I was just thinking, as you just said that, that I, you almost wish you could clone yourself, like to be able to have all the right words to say and when people come through the door, have the right things to say to the right people who come through the door. Um, you know, for us, we've been fortunate enough to have a, a great group of volunteers. So a lot of our volunteers have stepped up and moved into part-time positions and full-time positions. So I've kind of had a chance to vet them in a, in a way um, and then also give them more opportunities as they've sort of like, they've vested in the, in the company. So. I, I want to give them more opportunities. Invested financially? Uh, or just sweat, sweat, sweat equity? Sweat equity, sweat okay. Equity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. Yeah, a lot of sweat. Now, yeah. Simone, you've decided that uh, the prepared food is going to be a big piece. How did you, was it a bunch of market research or? Seeing what has sold. Okay. You don't know what people are going to buy. When you open until the doors. When you open the doors. Like there are two games that I really love to play, and it's the yogurt game and the bread game, because you have no idea how much yogurt Tell or us bread. Tell sport. Mm. Oh, it's super with. fun. <laughs> but you have no idea like what flavors of yogurt people like and what type, and then bread, what days they're going to buy bread, and then bread going bad, and then trying to use it in the kitchen. But in looking at what our sales have been in the last few months, realizing that people people love produce, they love fresh produce, and they love prepared foods. They really love sandwiches. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Simone Reggie, the owner of Simone's Market on Oak Street, uptown New Orleans, and theater, TV, and film customer, Allison Parker. Now, Allison, one of the things that probably is not as true about Simone's business is that uh, your work has got to be kind of lumpy. You know, it's like you, you get the call and all of a sudden you're behind on this, and there's other times you're kind of wishing you had a little more work to do. Is that how it is? It is a feast or famine. <clears throat> yeah, constantly. Yeah, it is uh, when you're working and you're doing 14-hour days, you know, five days a week, and you have nothing to do but sleep, um, shower, and go to work, and then your weekends are exhaustion, um, and maybe doing a couple of errands, and you go from that to not working for three or four months, and it's just all the hours in the day. You wonder what you ever did with all those <laughs> hours in the day. How did you fill them up? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you just get, but that's just part of the part of the game, right? For it you, is. You know? Yeah, you sort of get used to it, like. 
your vacations are going to happen during those three to four months off. You know, the time when you work, you're going to miss weddings and birthdays and, and trips with other people. So you kind of have to really, and that's taken many years to sort of figure that out. You know, I congratulate you on your, one of the few people on our show that's, whose college major actually is what you do. Thank you. Yeah, yeah well, a, uh, we I'm going to say it's not my first college major. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my first one was accounting. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? And yeah. what you just... Yeah, yeah, not a death. That's too much for the rest personality. Was that it? Yeah, or? it's never going to happen. Yeah, so um, yeah, and you know, it was something coming from like a blue-collar family that my parents really wanted me to be have a financial oh, security. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. like doing something that was costume design or a hobby per se Seemed. was uh, like insanity. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, Simone, I've got to ask you, uh, the you know, there's at least uh, in the early stages of this possible Amazon Whole Foods. Um, deal what does that I guess what does it mean to you and your business but what do you think of the whole the whole, the whole idea well after working for good eggs um, I realized that there is there is a need for grocery delivery and that's something we'll probably eventually get into but it's a little terrifying and I think that Amazon you know Amazon bought a customer base you know they bought they bought customers not necessarily the retail component because I think that's kind of more and more people are doing things online. I mean, we're on waiter on for the right. market, and so people can go on their phone and order a sandwich and have it delivered to their house, which is crazy to think about. I mean, people have always done online, I mean, delivery service, but not online, not having to talk to anybody. You're kind of shocked. Is that a, you feel that's a threat? Or? No, because, you know, my customers, they're neighborhood. They're, they live in the neighborhood. 65% of the customers who walk into my market have been there before. Shows you've been thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. The day data. it happened, I like woke up and I was like, what? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like when I work the register, everybody who walks in is like, oh, hi, Simone. Hey, did you get this for me? Or I can, rem you know, remembering what they ordered or what they had before. And that's not just with me. That's with everybody who works in the market knows our regulars. Um, yeah. People and like that. Yeah. We have been watching that cheer show. They like when people like Yeah. <laughs> There's, uh, <laughs> now, Alice and Simone, this is the part of the show we call Another Great Idea. Maybe you've got a friend like this, someone who's always got a great idea for you. They tell you about this job you should apply for, or that guy you should have a cup of coffee with, or a great investment opportunity you should jump on. You take advice like this and it turns out to be a disaster. Or you can dismiss this advice and miss out on something that might have turned out really great. Then again, you can take your friend's advice and it turns out to be the best thing that ever happened to you. Do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who gave you a great idea and did you take their advice and, and how did it turn out? Allison. Um, not a friend per se, but a professor. <clears throat> so I was uh, studying in London I'm English, and so I can live and work there. I was studying, I finished up my study abroad program. I was going to go back to University of Florida to finish up my final year, and um, I'd started to get work. Uh, I got a job designing a show that was uh, premiering in London and going to Glasgow, and I'd started to work at a big um, costume rental house there, Angels and Bermans. And um, I was going to just spend the summer there and then come back home to Gainesville. And the professor just said, you know, you should stay. Your career is just starting right now. Like, you don't know where you'll be here in London if you stay here in five, ten years. Like, your foot is proverbially in, like, two doors. So, and it was really important for me because I just 
not finished my first degree that I finished my second degree. So I left and I came back to UF and finished my degree. That worked out. Oh, it worked out great, yeah. yeah. Because while I was in London, I saw Cirque du Soleil and that was really like my, my focus then. It was like, that's what I'm gonna work for. I'm gonna get my degree and work for them. I got it all figured out. I gotta get home and get this started. Yeah, but I often wonder if I would have stayed in London work, who I would have had the chance to work with after that. Yeah, there's a, as an educator, that's a nice story. Yeah. Now, Simone, what about yourself? Well, as an educator, you'll appreciate this story. Okay. So I was working for Centos, uh, the uniform company, yep. doing sales for them. And I mean, my territory was the oil field. The oil field was booming. I lived in Lafayette. And I was really good at it. And I, I made a lot of money doing it. And I could walk in and, you know, press hard three copies. Thank you so much. And, but I was a robot and I hated it. And I was visiting an uncle of mine and we were sitting at the dinner table and we had had a few bottles of wine. There was a bunch of us, so it wasn't like he and I were just... Ooh. Right. And he said, what's your dream in life? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, if you could do anything in the world, what would it be? And I was like, I want my MBA. I've always wanted my MBA. And he's like, okay, go and get it. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> he was like, I would like to... I want to help you out with it. And I was like, okay. Financially? Yeah. And so... Wow. Uh, you know, which was crazy. Like that, I know I that's drank, insane. That things did not turn out that good. No. So, yeah. yes, he was totally drunk. And so the next morning, my mom wakes <laughs> up and she was like, well, did you, you you're going you're gonna to talk to him about this. And I was like, no, he was wasted. I'm not, <laughs> that's, that's adorable. And we get down and I'm pouring my coffee and he goes, so have you thought about what schools you want to look at? I was like, I mean, he didn't cover everything, but he, he helped it become easier for me to be able to do. And wow. so, so what's I, today's lesson? To drink with people? To drink, mm. get people drunk? Mm. No, to, <laughs> to maybe take a risk, right? So I left this career. I was on a management path. You know, I could work nine to five, nine to four, Monday through Friday. I had these things called weekends. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, <laughs> you leave work <laughs> and, and yes. you don't have to like answer emails or anything and you can sleep and you have vacation and people put money into a savings account for you. Like all of these things were really, really great. And I was like, you know what? That seems crazy. I'm going to go and just open businesses in New Orleans and get a degree. So I'm really happy I did because I, it caused me to look at business different, the people that I met. And then here I am with my own market with one of my classmates from Tulane. So it all kind of, it all kind of came around. All right. Allison, that, um, you're over in that, that uh, St. Rock area there. How did you make that call? Um, it's an area, we were sort of looking at Central City and that area um, where there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood. Um, and I've been attracted to uh, other neighborhoods with a deep history in New Orleans. Um, and so I wanted to be in a place where kids walking by could see the shop. Um, not just um, street traffic and whatever, but you know, kids who are out in the street who don't have anything to do after school come by and um, we give them some busy work and we get them to sew. Yeah, and I, and I ended up going into St. Rock. Um, I had some other friends who were working over there and um, I like the neighborhood. Neighborhood and the other businesses around you. Uh, that, and then Simone, your businesses around, you were, you had an empty store next year for a couple of months and now you've got that uh, down the bayou, DTB. Mm -hmm. uh, how's that changed your business? We sell a lot more wine later in the day. <laughs> So, and I'm serious, it, it seems funny. I had no idea this was going to happen. People go to dinner and then they leave dinner and they come to the market and buy a bottle of wine to go home or beer. And so our wine sales from 
from 7 to 8 had increased so much that now Thursday, Friday, and Saturday were open until 9 because of that. All because of the You're using story that story. MBA. I know. There's some These hard drafts coming like out of there. Picture. I know. Yeah. I'm yeah. such yeah. a nerd. I'm be like, you know, <laughs> 1% of our business is happening from this to this <laughs> time. I started out this lunch by saying food and clothing might be basic essentials, but the complexities of the food and clothing business make them anything but simple to navigate. Uh, Allison and Simone, you've more than proven that point today. Both of you have challenging businesses and careers, but they're anything but dull. It's been fascinating to get some insight into what goes on backstage in theater and on screen and behind the scenes in a food market. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. It's an honor. It's a yeah, pleasure. thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Simone Reggie, owner of Simone's Market on Oak Street, and professional costumer, Allison Parker. You can find out more about Simone's Market and Allison's costumes by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and www.no.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. And our researcher is Mr. Matthew Ellison. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music is available wherever great jazz is sold, streamed, or stolen. And at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our website, www.no.org, and it's neworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, come on, take a peek. You can't find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp. Want a bank that is ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.